Welcome to Victorious Parenting. I'm your host, Arabella Hill. Now's the time to transform your home life and make parenting a breeze by learning and applying new strategies. Let's get into it. We're going through a lot in our humanity right now, and it's important to make sure that our children are spoken to in ways that they and their juvenile undeveloped brains can process so we don't unintentionally traumatize them and cause damage to them. We want to actually empower them. We want to give them the tools they need to be successful in life because as traumatic and as dramatic as these situations we're experiencing right now, they will pass. I was brought up in the 80s and that was a very volatile decade. I remember so many different things on TV and it seemed very, very overwhelming as well at the time. But that too did pass and this situation, it will pass. However, your child, if they're traumatized by it now, that can carry over to the rest of their lives. So don't let these things that are going on in our, in our society right now impact your child negatively and impact their future in a negative way. We want to empower them and arm them so they can deal with whatever life throws their way, not promote a sense of learned helplessness and learned powerlessness in within them. And that is the purpose of talking about this topic over the last few weeks. So you might say, well, we don't want to wrap children up in cotton wool. I hear that argument a lot lately. Well, there is violence in this world and there is this and that, and they're going to witness it and know about it at some point. So we can't protect them from it. Children, they just have to learn, even if it's the hard way. The amount of times I've seen that argument be presented, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I saw it, I'd be a millionaire already. You know, that, that view is a very simplistic and a harsh way of looking at experiences in childhood. And that way can actually do so much more harm than good. Yes, teaching resilience is important and you cannot wrap your children up in cotton wool. I'm not about that at all. I'm not about super protecting your children against absolutely everything. I'm about empowering children, arming them, giving them the tools as a foundation that they need. That foundation will carry on for the rest of their lives. So when this situation passes and another situation arises, which it will, is what life is about. We experience things that we would rather not experience and how we deal with that determines the outcome and the quality of our lives afterwards. So it's all about giving children the empowering tools they need to deal with situations of crisis and chaos in age-appropriate and healthy ways so then when they grow up they feel empowered they feel confident they don't lack self-confidence they don't feel a sense of powerlessness powerlessness and helplessness and why i call them a learned sense of powerlessness and a learned sense of helplessness is because powerlessness and helplessness are learned you learn them 
from your childhood, from people around you. You learn them from experiences. You don't just come up with this all by yourself. These things don't happen in a vacuum. They are learned behaviors. So if you can learn these behaviors, you can learn healthy behaviors, healthy coping behaviors as well. So teaching resilience is important, but how do you do that? Do you just throw them into the deep end of the pool and say swim? Of course not. The real key to teaching is not putting information on someone and saying, take it. You must listen to me. Teaching is about giving. Teaching is actually a form of servitude and it's the ability to take learned knowledge and present it in a way that it becomes a tool in the armory of life for that person. That's what teaching is all about. It's not about trying to shove all this information on your children and say, well, you have to deal with it because that's the way life is. You know, it's not about having adult conversations around your children in ways that they cannot process that information and say, well, they're going to learn someday anyway. That's a really harmful way of looking at childhood experiences that can lower your child's self-esteem and can cause even unknowingly trauma in their lives and it can impact them so deeply that they can learn helplessness and powerlessness and it can impact their mental and physical and emotional well-being throughout their entire lives. We want to build a foundation in children so they can be use them as tools throughout their entire lives, not because they're frightened or they've been forced to because they're being empowered. True teaching is about empowerment and you as your child's parent are your child's first teacher. We can't palm this responsibility off onto institutions. We've seen in this crisis that our institutions at the time of need, they fail us. So we need to be able to be responsible adults and responsible parents and know how to arm our children with the knowledge and tools in order to overcome any kind of situation that may impact them traumatically. To teach them about resilience is to give them the ability to become resilient through confidence that comes from within themselves, knowing that they can handle tough situations that life throws at them. So I'm going to go over here now. I'm going to talk about the statistics about why resilience is so important. According to a survey taken, and this is Australian data, but when we look at the data in America and the United Kingdom, they're not so much dissimilar. Our population here in Australia is a lot smaller, so the numbers are probably less than they would be in the United States and in England. But around 14% of four to 17 year olds have been assessed as having mental disorders. 34% of 11 to 17 year olds have been bullied at some point. 28% of children and adolescents in Australia are experiencing distress within the home. 
8% of 11 to 17 year olds meet the DSM IV diagnostic criteria. So this is a diagnostic criteria that psycho psychologists and therapists use to assess and determine mental disorders. 8% of 11 to 17 year olds fit the criteria for a major depressive mental disorder. 10% of 12 to 17 year olds reported having ever self-harmed and 7% of all 12 to 17 year olds have reported to have anxiety. These are just the statistics from what we know from people who have reported these things to their GP and have actually taken a mental health diagnostic test. Imagine all the ones who haven't, whose voices are not heard. So examples of improved resilience. When we teach our children resilience, their mental health is so much more improved. They can manage stress, it reduces anxiety, they can stay more optimistic. That learned powerlessness and learned helplessness disappears. They can manage and change setbacks. Their physical health is better. They are less sick, less fatigued. They learn how to stay calm. Their sleep habits are more improved. Their physiosocial environments are better. They can deal with difficult classmates. They can deal with difficult situations among siblings. They are more emotionally aware. They're more engaged in school and they have stronger relationships. Their performance overall is improved in every area of their lives. So teaching children to have resilience is important, but throwing them in the deep end of the pool and saying sink or swim is not the right way to go about it and will do more harm than good. So here are seven ways to build resilience in your children. Number one, communicate openly and honestly. We need to listen to our children as much as we're telling them what we would like them to do. We need to put away all distractions and sit down and check in with our children. How are they tracking? How are they feeling? Number two, we need to keep listening as they explore their own feelings. Sometimes when we're listening to children talk, we can judge based on our own experiences. We need to listen to our children in a way that we're actually putting our judgment aside, that we're just being open and receptive to what they're saying and we're listening to them. Even if they have jumped to wrong conclusions, at this point we need to actually display that what they're saying is validated, what they're saying is important to us, and we are really listening to them. Number three, help them to get to know what they're good at. So they may be impacted in their self-esteem from the things that are going around in our society, or maybe something that they're experiencing personally at school. So what is best is to find out what their strengths are. This is called a strengths-based approach. When we assess somebody's strengths, we actually look at what their talents are and not just the physical manifestations. We're looking deep within that person to discover 
the potential within them, perhaps potential that they too, they don't even understand or know themselves. And then at that point, we are encouraging them to pursue the things that they are good at. So we're focusing on what they are good at. It doesn't mean that we're ignoring the things they are not good at. We are just making sure that we are appropriately focusing on the strengths and not harping on what they're failing at continuously. Making sure that they know their wider family well, having good age-appropriate conversations. If your child is feeling low or scared or worried about the uh, race situation or about coronavirus, we need to be able to listen to our children and how they are feeling. We sometimes make the mistake of telling children how they should feel. Do you as an adult like being told how to feel in a situation? I bet you don't because I sure don't. It really makes me angry. And children, they're no different. We shouldn't be telling them how to feel. We should be allowing them to feel however they are feeling and then correct any misjudgments or wrong conclusions that they have jumped to because of their immaturity along the way. The main important thing is that they are understood and they are validated and they are heard. That promotes a sense of control and power within them. Engage with their school community and or their friends. Get involved in the wider community. I know it's difficult with all the social restrictions, but perhaps there is a way that they can still keep in touch with their friends via video. And having that kind of bond between children is really important and maintaining it. And number seven, help them develop strong friendships that are empowering them, that are healthy and help them along the way. If you would like access to more parenting resources and a big supportive community, I'd like to invite you to our Facebook group, Victorious Parenting. I give regular content every single day and we have a unit section where you can find all the best content. There are some short form and long form content in there like the Grey Rock Method and how to deal with sibling rivalry. And as well, you'll get to be a part of a great big community of parents who are becoming victorious just like you. We'd love to have you join us in Victorious Parenting. Discover the seven biggest mistakes parents make that can lower their child's self-esteem forever. Promotingselfesteem.com